Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, just want to bring the truth to everything that we do and say, um, making sure that the believer's verse, voice is heard. You know, some yes, people so actually were referenced as, uh, I don't know if it's a compliment or if it's like, you know, but I, the, the compliment was, we are like the urban black moody. Okay. The urban black moody, which moody is pretty Bible cool. Institute. Yeah, but moody the cool, the cooler version, I the guess. Cooler. That's what okay. they said. So right. you know, that's cool. You know, if Moody wants to team up with us, I'm all for it. I listen to Moody all the time. Yes, sir. Um, but today, topic of today is the presidential race. Hmm. The presidential race, which okay. we spoke about briefly on our first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh. For those that don't know me, I'm Crown One. I'm Ukali White. And this is the Future Focus Podcast. Um, today, we're just going to be talking about the presidential debate that happened this past Monday. Um, very interesting questions, very interesting uh, dialogue amongst these uh, candidates, um, Trump and Hillary. Uh, you know, uh, one of the first questions was jobs and the economy. And that's something that affects every U.S. citizen uh, without question. Yes, it does. Um, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to maintain a job? How are you going to feed your family? Right. You know, that is that is one of the most biggest concerns, I think, of every African-American male that's over 18. Uh, or how to feed yourself if you're not married. Um, the, the question was... Um, Beginning with Secretary Clinton, uh, where are, uh, why are you the better choice than your opponent to create the kinds of jobs that will put more money into the pockets of, of American workers? Um, and, you know, I didn't really like her question, her answer. You know, oh, I did. I'll take that back. I did like it. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really understand. I understood. And the crazy thing was, and I might be the scapegoat in this, the black sheep, but some, like... Trump kind of started with the debate on top okay. a little bit, sure. like his reasoning. But when he went, when he started alluding to his plan to uh, not tax the rich and that kind of stuff, I was like, yeah, you're falling apart here. And then he just became, uh, he just fell apart. He was disheveled as the debate went on. Right. His train of thought was all over the place. <laughs> he was, yeah. you know, he was giving a question, but then arguing with the moderator as well. Yeah, constantly going on tangents. Uh, did you remember what the question was? Uh, can you answer that before going off off into something else or trying to put uh, Senator Clinton down in <laughs> in one way or another? So yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, uh, you know, just the, the the format, the debate format is always interesting. And uh, just to see how the two opponents address it, um, you know, they're all trying to look presidential. But Trump, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, on the 
during the debate. It didn't seem like he really cared about being presidential or appearing presidential. So it was uh, it, it was it was definitely uh, one of yeah. the more interesting presidential debates. Yeah, it was definitely um, something that I I don't know. I just didn't expect. I, I didn't know what to expect. And then when I saw it, I was like, okay, like this is more more of the same. Well, yeah, like the whole the whole time it's been about scandals, you know, and they were throwing they're a little bit mudslinging a little bit going on back and forth, like uh, the email, the server, private server with Clint, um, and then with him not releasing his tax return tax returns, you know, and it was actually, you know, Clinton admitted her wrongs, you know, but Trump kind of was evasive, like. Well, I can't release it until uh, the audit by the IRS is done. I get audited every year. I get audited every year. And that is why, um, sideline, why Americans like me have felt, you know, this is fluff material. It's the same stuff we heard. We want to hear you talk about the issues, debate on the issues, which they did a little bit. Um, But currently, uh, I think it's eight more days. Okay. Eight more days for individuals to vote on various questions submitted by the U.S. Uh, voter public. Okay. You know, on certain issues, and the top 30 will be submitted to be asked. Now, it's not a guarantee that they'll be asked, but um, they're actually doing that process. It was the first time ever in American history with social media and things of that sort, which they've submitted questions before from like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. But now they're doing a formal process um, through a benefit uh, in order to get more substantial questions. I, I love it to get the um, citizens of uh, the United States involved uh, because there's some things that are on our heart, things that. Uh, uh, are important to us that we want to hear them at least speak on. It's not. Ne- it may not be the case that whoever wins. It may not be the case that they address it. <laughs> literally, right. literally do what they say they're going to do because we know that's a whole nother issue. You know, it's all about looking presidential. It's all about you know having a better response to the question than the other than the other candidate. But for the American people, that's not the case. So I'm glad that we're able to. Uh, that, you know, they're going to be able to submit some questions. But, you know, our prayer, and, and I would encourage everyone, everyone to, let's, let's pray. Let's pray for these two candidates, but let's also pray for our nation. Let's pray that, you know, as we go, whoever is going to vote, as we vote, we vote uh, for the candidate that we truly believe God would have us to vote for. But the fact that they're going to be able to get some, um, have some questions submitted by the public, by the people who are going to be impacted by one of these candidates, I like that. But, I'm, you know, again, I'm, we're tired of fluff. You know, we don't just want to hear them say the right things. We want them to do the right thing. So, you know, that that's that's my prayer. That's my hope. Uh, and, and one th- we talked about this before the show started, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with political races and things of that, that sort. They have handlers. They have managers, campaign managers. Why? I'm looking in the camera now. Why didn't anybody say something to Hillary Clinton about her attire? Mm. That puzzled me there in the whole Good question. debate. You come out in a bright red pantsuit. 
Now, <laughs> this won't matter in 15 years, but, you know, even in four years, it won't matter. But it just seemed like they were confused right. about, I mean, you know, with so much pride about the two-party system, which I don't really like, but with so much pride about that. that, you come in <laughs> wearing your opponent's party's colors and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, Hillary kind of looked a little spacey at at points as well. (laughs) Just like, you know, spacey. But, you know, she stood her ground. Um, We have to pray, like you said, for the leaders in charge, whoever the leader will be. But I will encourage people to vote for the morally correct vote. Um, not the one with the most promises, right? Because even President Obama promised a lot of things that he couldn't deliver on. Just be, just as to how the system works, you know. Certain, you know, politics. Oh yeah, that's you know, what it is. There's, it's a three part, it's a three part government for a reason. Mm-hmm. You need all of those working, you know, legislative, executive, and judicial. Judicial. You know, you need all those working together in order to get things passed. Right. Um, but with Huh. With um, just that and, you know, the questions in regards to uh, the tax returns like we talked about and race in America, mm-hmm. which was a heavy question. Sure. Um, one, of the quest- one of the questions, if you didn't catch it, I encourage everybody to catch it by now. It's been four days <laughs> since it aired. Um, it was on Monday. Today's Friday. You know, please watch the presidential debate uh, to get a, a, a good grasp of what who and what they're running about um but they were talking about race the question was the share of americans who share race relations are bad in this country is the highest it's been in decades much of it amplified by shootings of african americans by police as we've seen recently in charlotte and tulsa race has been a big issue to this campaign and one of you is going to have to bridge a very wide and bitter gap so how do you heal the divide? Secretary Clinton, you get two minutes on this. Mm-hmm. What did you think of her response? I, you know what? I, for the most part, I liked her response. I mean, you know, it was what I expected, you know, from the Democratic or more liberal party. Um, but I, I think she kind of touched on it. But then she just kind of, you know, went off into maybe some general comments yes. or some general yes. uh, points about it. But, uh, you know, I do like the fact that uh, she, she focused a little bit on um, the fact that this shouldn't be happening, that unarmed black men, um, you know, policing within the black community and unarmed black men being shot at the rate that they're being shot and killed should not be happening. And really, you know, you got movements like the Black Lives Matter movement. You got, you know, other groups that uh, and just people, brown skinned people, people of African descent, period. That's, you know, what we're always hoping to hear from those of European descent. That shouldn't have happened that the number of black men being killed, this should not be the case in America by those who are called to protect and serve us. So I did like the fact that she she did admit to that it's wrong mm-hmm. because you have one party, the other party, the re- more conservative or Republican Party, that's never really their response. Not saying no one who's coming from a conservative perspective responds that way, but it's usually... If you would just 
oh, you know, just follow what the police officers are telling you to do. Just obey their commands. Just do what they tell you mm-hmm. to do and you won't get shot. And we know that that's not the case. Right. That hasn't always been the case. But as far as her, her response, I, I, I liked it better than than Trump's response. And yes. I know I know we'll get to that. But but I, I liked it overall. But I, I thought really she should have focused on and, and she did talk about this, as, you know, changing the system that there yes, needs to be more did. training I was gonna talk, touch on that yeah. needs to be more training for police officers needs to be more accountability and those are all the right things to say but i want to hear a candidate passionate about at this point 2016 saying that police the policing of brown-skinned people as opposed to the policing or compared to the policing of fair-skinned people is not equal there is no equality there Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to, you know, you, you just want to, you, you asked about her response. I got so many other things I could say, but, but I mean, overall, I thought it was okay. I thought it was, you know, somewhat a little bit more general than it should have been. I wanted her to be more detailed, but, but uh, that was my perspective on, yeah. on her response. And she, um, like you said, she kind of danced. What, what I didn't like was she didn't get straight to the issue. Mm-hmm. She didn't get straight to the answer. She kind of danced around it and re and said, you know, we've seen this. I don't want a, a, a recap of what happened. We know what happened. Right. What are you going to do in result of the issue, the problem? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, how are um, you going to heal the divide? How because are you going to heal? It's huge. Bridging that gap. As, <laughs> as the moderator said, I don't, I don't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, he's very dignified on the, on the debate as well. Um, but Trump, how do you feel about Trump's response? Well, Trump's response was uh, pretty much the conservative response. We need law and order. He mm-hmm. said that I don't know how many times. <laughs> Didn't give details how he's going to how he's going to heal the gap <laughs> or bridge the gap. But we just need more law and order. Law, that term, law and order, used by you know, the likes of Nixon and, my, Reagan. and, and also uh, those that didn't see the debate. He said law and order and stop and frisk needs to be more initiated in right. the city like Chicago. But this New York, is, <laughs> New York. And also um, the moderator um, educated Mr. Trump, which is true, that it was disproportionately utilized in the city of New York, which is why it was um, reneged. Uh, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. on a stop and frisk in the city of New York, and he was his his solution was basically more law and order and more stop and frisk, and we need to get these guns away from people that don't need them, that don't have them, and um, it's interesting that the NRA has not supported or uh, spoken up in anger for black men that have had their concealed carry weapons permit. Uh, did everything according to instruction mm-hmm. and still died. Right. Not in police custody, but in uh, procuring of uh, information and attend, uh, you know, potential custody. They were shot and killed and gunned down. Right. Um, and yet, and I think that the recent one was in Kalamazoo. Michigan. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We're gonna we're gonna bring in our brother um, Marcus Massey here shortly on call. Uh, please forgive the audio. We had some issues today, uh, but we're gonna bring in Marcus Massey on this topic. But <clears throat> just like you said, law and order without policy change is not gonna change anything. Right, and it, it doesn't bridge the gap. It doesn't provide healing. Again, healing starts when we admit that there is a problem. 
that too many unarmed black men, too many black men maybe even committing misdemeanors are being killed when truly the situation could have been handled differently. There Certainly. Sh there Certainly. should have been some de-escalating, so on and so forth. Uh, hey, what's going on, brother? We are talking about race in America. Uh, we just wanted to bring you on the show. Talk <laughs> For everyone, this is Marcus Massey, uh, another host from episode to episode of Future Focus. We just wanted to bring in his commentary regarding the presidential debate. How you doing today, Marcus? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing today? Man, doing great. Glad to uh, have you on the show, Marcus. Yeah, we glad to have you, man. Yeah, yeah, Gl glad to have you, man. Glad that you could come in and, and interject on uh, this topic of discussion today, talking about the debate. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on the debate, brother? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what I could say that hasn't already been said. It was, um, honestly, what, I'm almost 30, so in my time of living, that was one of the worst um, debates I've seen from the candidate ever. If not the worst, it was the, I mean, I've never seen anybody just unravel that quickly. It's actually kind of fascinating. <laughs> to be honest, Mr. Yikes. And then the even more fascinating part to me will be uh, the spin job, the spin, you know, Mm hmm Right. Uh, you know, we were just speaking about we were just speaking about the race relations questions. One was talking about policy. The other one was talking about law and order, uh, reinstituting stop and frisk uh, in New York, as well as trying to implement that in the city of Chicago. Uh, and Trump denying the fact that it was disproportionate uh, in its implementation in the city of New York. Well, uh, I mean, does that really surprise you? <laughs> like, at what point has he ever acknowledged any facts whatsoever as far as that is concerned? Yeah. You know, uh, as far as his answer, uh, Dr. Fritz was unconstitutional. That happened. Uh, but he did say something about the uh, judge being able to move. And that was true. Uh, there was a judge that was removed. And then when I married Blasio, mm -hmm. uh, when he took over, he was just like, no, nah, I'm not even going to pursue it because it would, I mean, the stats are there for pretty much anybody to see. It was racial profiling. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, extremely ineffective and it was really unconstitutional. So, uh, yeah. what I did find interesting is that he kept bringing up Chicago and I was just like, I want to say this, Well, African-Americans, uh, violence, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to think of Chicago and Detroit because those are what wastelands, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a reason why they're wastelands. <laughs> there's a reason yeah. for that. Now, even even in his answer, I want to I want to bring this up. Even in his answer, he did mention one fact as we covered this on the first episode uh, that the murder rate was down in the city of New York. Um, that is true. With, that was true, but I don't think that was uh, a sole result of stop and frisk. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Matter of fact, I believe the stopping. Interesting enough, man. I mean, I've been doing some research on this stuff because I'm a nerd, but um, I guess there's this new kind of theory. I don't even know if it's a theory anymore at this point. But uh, you know, 60s, 70s, or whatever, and even before that, you have a lot of Memphis paint movies. Mm-hmm. So there is studies that like Memphis paint was um, kind of like a direct component in um, like mental issues and, and violence or whatever. So if you look, and not saying that this is 100% true, but if you look, um, they say that it's about a 20-year lag between like exposure to that and then um, when you start to see the effects in society. And so mm. around the 80s, the 90s, that's when the crime in New York was at its height. And then yeah. along with, you know, you have um, the crack at the community of a bunch of people and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's kind of interesting that, you know, that that was happening. So since then, since like all this, this new, you know, uh, policies on environmental things and whatnot, um, you've seen a decline. Yes. In uh, violence. And also, uh, there's also more opportunities in New York than, than there were in the 90s, as far as like employment or whatnot. Um, so to attribute it to stop and for this thing, stop for some reason, being idiotic. Yeah. And I, I agree. Uh, just to switch topics here, fellas, um, jobs in the economy. Um, you know, I, I, I had Ukali give his points. What do you, what do you feel about their response in regards to, um, which the first question, first topic of that, of that night on jobs in the economy, uh, Clinton and Trump? Um, interestingly enough, I think that this, that question and like Hillary could have destroyed Trump the entire debate Yes, she uh, jumped on that question. Uh, from the get-go, because um, she could have pointed out the fact that when, when he was talking about the number of jobs back and whatever, she could have jumped on the fact that pretty much all of his businesses he's outsourced. Um, right. So he, he's never really, I mean, outside of like maybe Trump Hotel and the casinos, um, things that have to be here, he hasn't really provided too many job opportunities in America. Mm-hmm. You know? consistently looking for a way to undercut whatever it is that he needs to to make the most money. He's like, he's doing to be a businessman. Um, so what she should have done was hammer him or uh, on him outsourcing and him not providing jobs. And so why should we see um, 
optimistic about him, mm-hmm. you know, creating jobs here. Um, it, and yeah. it, se- it seemed um, to... It seemed to me that they kept going back on you know, like a mudslinging, you know, debate as instead of dealing with the issues and dealing with facts. Right. You know, it, it kind of became that, you know, and even with um, uh, with the job topic, like you said, he she could have destroyed him in that regard uh, and, and came back to that when he started talking about her 30 years of, of political experience mm-hmm. and why she's focusing on that now. Well, she could say the same thing about him in the business regard. Right. And, and what's interesting is I think uh, uh, Secretary Clinton, I think she felt maybe at that point that uh, the commercial that she's been running over and over and over again mm. about what Marcus said about him outsourcing jobs. He was on a talk show. You remember the, the, uh, the commercial? He yes. was on a talk show and they were talking about his clothing. Well, yes. you know, where was that made at? Or what about With your, Letterman, shirt? I think it was. Yeah, that shirt. Where was that made? Uh, Bangladesh or that tie? That was made in Bangladesh. And, you know, yeah. of course, Trump, they, they have him saying, well, you know, they need jobs too. <laughs> He says, oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm able to employ, employ people from Bangladesh. But that's the problem. Your corporations are not manufacturing anything here in the United States. They're manufacturing things abroad. Great segue into yeah. securing America, which was another topic on the debate. Uh, one of the questions that was asked was um, – they want to start with a 21st century war happening every day in this country. Our institutions are under cyber attack and our secrets are being stolen. So the question is, who's behind it and how do we fight it? And that was posed to Secretary Clinton. How do you guys feel about her response? Marcus? The question was, who is behind cyber terrorism and how do we fight it? And it was posed to Secretary Clinton. Oh. have to do some research I'm, i don't know if you know uh more about it than i would uh but in regards to isis yeah you know isis was heavily mentioned it's heavily mentioned in donald trump's campaigning um there's rumors that isis was funded uh from a funnel um by the u.s by the u.s I mean, those are some uh, what are your guys thoughts on isis and how to combat that and how the american citizens should be prepared uh, from cyber terrorism, even with the mistakes of um, Clinton's, you know, prior mistakes to using a private server for, you know, and that's, you know, involved with cyber terrorism or the vulnerability of such. Right. Um, how do you guys feel about that, about ISIS and, and what, uh, is that a concern that Americans should have or, you know, should it just be left to the government, you know, in regards to cyber terrorism? What do you feel about that, Marcus Ukali? 
Well, uh, I'll start out. What was interesting, you kept hearing Trump uh, refer back to, um, you know, the taking of the troops, the taking of the troops out of Iraq. And that, you know, he said, well, wait a minute, uh, Secretary Clinton, you all gave a date that you're going to withdraw the troops and you all, um, the way you went about it, mm -hmm. he kept saying that uh, President Barack Obama and Secretary Clinton, because she was with them, you know, you all created ISIS. <laughs> you all the, are the reason for ISIS. Well, as you had already mentioned, Stephen, there's some rumors that ISIS was funded by the U.S. government mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But the problem is there we have international relationships with a lot of countries and we're sharing information. How in the world are we going to stop cyber you know, the, the stealing of information through the Internet, the stealing of information uh, by, you know, quote unquote, terrorist groups when, uh, you know, when, number one, we have relationships with them and we're sending information back and forth anyways. I think sometimes this information is, is leaked. I think sometimes this information is shared. Mm -hmm. So I really believe if we wanted to stop something, if we wanted to, to stop cyber attacks, I think we can, you know, there's things that people who are working with computers all the time, change coding, so on and so forth. If we really wanted to do something like that we internationally, we could do it. But the question is, do we? Are we creating some of this stuff that we say is now an issue? Yeah. So, Marcus, while we're talking about this, mutual acceptance in our alliances with different nations, what are your, what are your thoughts on that as far as, oh, we are out of time, we're going to have to do our part two. Marcus, if you can, join us back on part two. If not, I understand. I know you're a busy brother. Um, I'd like to thank Marcus Massey for joining on the call. Thank my brother Ukali. Ukali White, go represent. Yes, sir. Check us out on part two.